going on everybody it is so great to be back in your ears producing wonderful excellent content i am beyond thrilled stoked insert adjective that incites happiness here my boys are back in town baby eric bradley how the hell we doing we're doing awesome, man. We're doing we're doing awesome. It's been too long. Bradley just gave me the frantic finger point. You could have done that 35 seconds ago, Brad, but we're good. We're clearly in mid-season form over here at Rookie on the Rise. We're ready to bring up some uh look at me peek behind the curtain. We're ready to bring up some some past performers. And uh I'm gonna drink my ice cold beer and just just let Britt steer the ship, man. And stop and stop as many times as you rip my ass when we're recording about <laughs> peeking the curtain. And then here you go doing the same fucking thing to Brit. Get out of here with that. I'm not the host, man. Get out of here with that. Jesus. Oh. Fucking reel it in, man. Reel it in. I'm, oh, I'm excited. Thank, yeah, there you go. Just reel it in. You're like a big old bass. Largemouth bass. Trout. Who knows? Now, I'm excited. I'm excited. I had a good day today. I ended it with watching some WandaVision. I got to watch the uh, ser- not series premiere, or, uh, not f- the finale, I guess. Yeah, the the finale. season finale. I kept wanting to say series finale. The season finale of Loki. And now I get to top it off talking football. I'm excited. I'm ready. And I'm fucking pumped. How do you Wait. not watch the NBA finals, man? Yeah, I, I don't watch football, and I watch the NBA Finals, and that's... You don't watch hard. football? That's not good. I don't watch basketball, <laughs> and, I watch, and then I watch the Finals. Uh, I, it, let me, ladies and gentlemen, I, just, I want you to understand where I'm coming from here. If we get through this podcast in 25 minutes, it is going to be a grace of God that we get that done, and I don't know how. Bradley's probably two or three bourbons deep. Berkey's been drinking frozen cold beers for God knows how long. And I am tasting some Anejo tequila from Co- from Kirkland, Costco. So this is going to get wild. <laughs> and it's going to get fun. And I cannot wait to bring you in any other way. But first, as always, we need to do a question of the show, damn it. And I think I got it. Do you prefer frozen waffles, <coughs> frozen pancakes, I'm still choking on the fact that you built up this tequila when we talked about it, and it's from Kirkland. It's fucking Costco Costco. tequila. Yeah, bro. It's like when you get Big Flats. Did you know that CVS and Walgreens make a beer? They do. It's three bucks a six-pack. It's delicious. I did not know that. There's no such thing as a delicious Uh, $3 six-pack. How many? (laughs) many? (laughs) There's some value plays out there. I'll tell you, though, if you're getting frozen pancakes, fuck that. Where are you buying those? Pancakes already get soggy immediately. I'm going to go frozen waffles for the win. I'm cheating, and I'm not going either fucking one. I'm going with the frozen French toast sticks. Boom. That's what I'm doing. You probably eat crepes. They're delicious. That explains so much. That explains so much. This is is such important insight into Bradley's analysis is he eats frozen French toast sticks. Oh my god! You no, because I have so a soul and I have a palate that I appreciate. But oh, I saw about something that I didn't appreciate that I'm starting to appreciate now. Honestly, I was just talking with Brad pre-show before Eric was getting up from his nap and doing all the necessary things, powdered his face, all the goodies. I was telling Bradley, I was saying, you know, I'm starting to sound like Eric. 
every time I don't like a player and everyone else starts hating a player, I, just, I think, shit, I'm starting to really like this player. He's getting way cheaper than I think. He's not that bad. And that's exactly how I describe Jerry Judy. Coming into the league, I was like, Jerry Judy is going to suck. I don't want him, any version of him, where you have to get him. And now everyone's sort of fading Jerry Judy a little bit. I'm like, well, hey, why not go back, talk about Jerry Judy, and let's just break him down. Let's see what we need to do to get into him and to find out where the value lies. So, Bradley, first crack, Jerry Judy, what does your gut say? I, I like it. I'm liking it, but a lot of my gut tells me that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback there. And that's why my gut feels good about Jerry Judy. If my gut's wrong about Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is the quarterback, I'm back out on Jerry Judy again because you look, he had some of the most uncatchable targets out of the, the wide receiving core last year. So I'm, I'm out if Drew Locke's there, but my gut says Teddy B's going to be the guy and I'm going to be most likely in on him at that point. Let's, let's reel the clock back a little bit. Let's talk about Jerry Judy's a prospect in case someone slept during the COVID year and woke up not really understanding. Got drafted 15th overall by the Denver Broncos, 6'1", 193. Ran a 4'4", 22 years old, prospect out of Alabama. Has all the requisite analytics that you're looking for to make have a prospect meet the thresholds, right? Eric, coming into this, or do you think Jerry Judy failed to impress last season? Well, yes, yeah, like you said, the more people dog a guy, the more I start to come along with opportunities. I mean, um, I, I'm going to avoid those other names. But let's just talk about Jerry Judy last year. He had the highest drop rate of anybody with 100 targets. That's not good. He only caught 76.5% of his catchable passes. So that's not good. Uh, Drew Locke can be a problem. You still got to catch it when he does hit it on the number. Now, he did turn in 113 targets. We look at A.J. Brown as a rookie at 84. D.K. only had 100. Chase Claypool last year rocking it at 109. So he's right there. I mean, Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb broke 120. C.D. Lamb only had 111 targets. So you're looking at the targets are there, 113. Catching 52 of them blows, man. But he did almost break 900 yards. He only had three touchdowns. So I tried to find some silver lining in the Denver Broncos because this all is this is a hashtag Drew Locke pod. Because if Drew Locke is the quarterback, there's issues there. Jerry Judy did this without Cortland Sutton. So I try and find some some silver lining in the Denver Broncos. And I'm looking up total offense. I'm looking up total points. I'm trying to find some nice weeks where they went off. Because we know when you play Kansas City, Las Vegas, and the Chargers three times a year, there are opportunities to score points. I mean, the Chargers, they hardly play defense. And the Raiders, dude, holy shit just get creative at some point. You just need to start throwing the bench at them. So you'd expect them to have some pops and they were bottom in the league in a ton of these categories, like bottom 10 at points in, in passing yards and rushing yards. I mean, the only silver lining for them was Melvin Gordon. So when I look at Jerry Judy and his upside, if I can get 113, 120 targets in a second year, that screams second year breakout. Three touchdowns. We talk about regression, regression to the mean. That should go up a bit too four, five, six. It should be more than three. And catchable passes should could go up. But if he continues to struggle with drops, and if he's only catching a certain, like, 76.5% of passes that were catchable, 
there's an issue. And if it's not Teddy Bridgewater, who he can get an actual timing with, so we know the ball's on time, so he can stay engaged, so they're not getting blown out in contests. And and that's a big thing for young players. You got to think it counts, you know, because he's you got to be playing for something. So when that second contract comes up and you're making a playoff push, they always play better. So if those things happen, I see the upside with Jerry Judy. The thing is in the dynasty community, he's getting thrown in the hat with all these other busts. I mean, a a first round pick and Brian Edwards might be able to net you Jerry Judy. When we look at the 2022 draft class, that's there's, there's nobody in there. I want if George Pickens declares, you know, unless it's a top three, four, five pick in super flex leagues. So now he's affordable and I know he's going to get more than hundred targets. That's going to happen. And the quarterback play has to improve whether it's Drew Locke taking whatever step forward he can take or Teddy B under center, or if they make some, some blockbuster trade. So Jerry Judy's out, his, his, his outlook isn't great. He's a wide receiver three with very little upside, but I still think he has, I'm not going to get out on him yet. Yeah. There are, there are a couple things I would challenge a little bit, right? So you would hope, right. You talk about touchdown regression, but in the opposite direction, right. He got three touchdowns last year. You hope that that goes up with the fact that the guy had 800 yards receiving, but when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, Ted, Teddy Bridgewater had three really solid receivers last year and still only threw like 15 touchdowns. Like if he brings that into Denver, I would argue his receiving core is not as good as what it was in Carolina. So do we expect there to be much more touchdown volume there than what he saw last year between uh, Drew Locke and his one game with Kendall Hinton? Uh, maybe, maybe not. The other thing you mentioned was drops. That's uncharacteristic from him, right? So, so he he was not known as a receiver who dropped passes coming out of college. You expect that to go away, just like we talk about Deontay Johnson and expecting that to kind of correct itself. And that's 76.5% catch percentage, that's that's pretty solid for a while at the wide receiver position. So, so if you see, and that was kind of his average in college was right around that 76%. Uh, he was around 75% uh, catch percentage in college, his uh, sophomore and junior year. So I would expect that to kind of go away and you see his numbers come up. But to your point, the touchdowns, I don't believe we're going to be there. That's going to drive him up into that wide, you know, high end mid range wide receiver two. most likely is wide receiver three with some wide receiver two weeks that he's going to give you for sure. And <clears throat> I just, I just want to say Jerry Judy had eight drops on the year. You want to know who had eight drops on the year? DK Metcalf. Why aren't we doing the same exact overreaction to DK Metcalf? Why aren't we flipping out that he had eight drops and he could have had a, an additional touchdown and a half, maybe, right? Drops aren't predictive. All they signal to be is uncomfortableness, right? Uncomfortability. Which, watching Jerry Judy early in the year, which is why it's so important, people, to watch the fucking film. I don't care if you don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what I'm looking at. And I acknowledge that. So I'm not going to let it clout my mind. But when you see Jerry Judy run a slant across the middle, get absolutely walloped, destroyed. And you see him run routes throughout the middle and then not go and attack the ball again, anticipating a hit. It shows me he's not comfortable yet in that position. It shows me that he's not at that point in his career where he can go ahead, take the hit, and secure the ball. So I, I recognize that Jerry Judy had eight drops this year, and I recognize that's a lot. And if that continues, then it's going to severely upside excuse me it's going to severely cap his upside that's not 
anything anyone's going to argue. But the silver lining that's been mentioned before, and I want to mention again, is his air yards. He was number two in total unrealized air yards with 965. He was number six in total air yards in general with 1,536 on the season. If you don't know what an air yard is, that just simply means it's compiling the amount of yards you would have if you caught every single target your way. 1,536 is massive. That shows me that he is going to be involved in the offense, which no one is going to be arguing about. Last season, he saw an average, he, he saw a 11 yards before the catch per reception. He also averaged five and a half yards per, after the catch per reception. So you're looking at 15, 16 yards a catch per reception. You're looking at probably over 100 targets this year. The biggest issue to me is his red zone targets, which Eric brought up last year. Who was he fighting for red zone targets? Noah Fant? Noah Fant was injured. Albert Akui Boonham? Well, he was also injured, but he was dominating the red zone. So what's that? Melvin Gordon? KJ Hamler? Emmanuel Sanders? He only got eight the entire year. He caught two of them. So you can't tell me that he had a huge opportunity his freshman year. Excuse me, his rookie year. And he only capitalized on that? By getting eight of the targets on the red zone, that's concerning to me because what I'm seeing is that he's not going to be the red zone guy. So what's he going to be? He's going to be the between the 20s guy that's going to be a chains mover, the intermediate guy, while Sutton's getting the getting the long routes. He's also getting the red zone work. It's going to cap him. You may catch a year here and there where he's going to have a regression over the mean of touchdowns. Three's not going to be his average. But... I think that Jerry Judy is going to be seen as a value just simply because right now in Dynasty startups, he's going to pick 88. All right. That's, that's where really, he was going last year. That's where he was going. Yeah. Last so you can get him this year in a second year offense with Teddy Bridgewater, who's going to get the job from Drew Locke because as much as I'm disgruntled with the Denver Broncos offense, they can't be in a position they are at being so close to making a run if they get things clicking the right way and not bring Teddy Bridgewater in. There's already this camp fluff about Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy's uh, – they're, they're clicking together, right? There's already that. Jerry Judy to me is someone that I have been targeting on all of my fantasy teams. Even when I – those I have, Cortland Sutton, which isn't a strategy I would suggest – but it's because I view Jerry Judy as one of those guys where you buy now, he pops later, and then you can sell him if you don't want him anymore. And I very may well do that. But I'm going to be damned to let good value slip through my hands when Eric mentioned you can go ahead and invest in him in a pick in a, in a pick in Brian Edwards or something like that. So I, I, I am very passionate about Jerry Judy's personally because even though he may not be a red zone monster – He's going to be an absolute behemoth in PPR leagues, especially in the Scott Fishbowl this year. Half point per first down. Jerry Judy is going to be making tidal waves. Do you guys feel similarly? I don't. I don't know if I'm that confident in him. Um, I mean, he's going in the seventh round right now, so you're go he's going around guys like Josh Jacobs uh, and players of that caliber. So you, you really got to you kind of have to question and I don't know that the upside is there 
for him. You talked a little bit about red zone. I talked about touchdowns, right? I worry about that a little bit. Uh, the uneasiness at the quarterback position, whether we think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, there's a chance there's a change midseason, which doesn't work for him. You expect, I would expect him to fall back into the slot a little bit, right? So he he played quite a bit of, a lot of his receptions and yardage in college came out of the slot position his junior year. So he didn't get the opportunity. He got to start in the slot, but when Cortland Sutton got hurt, they moved him to the outside. If he gets the opportunity to actually play in the slot against a slot corner instead of an outside corner, which Eric, you know, you brought up in our dynasty series uh, pod last night or two nights ago, he's, he's looking at a much worse corner that he's got to beat and the, the route running capabilities that he has and the twitchiness that he has the footwork that he has, it's going to provide him much more opportunity for exactly what you're talking about, Britt, those first downs and those short yardage situations. So I think there is some value in things like Scott Fishbowl, where you're talking about, but in a, in a dynasty league, I, I think there's other players around him that I would rather have right now. Yeah. I think that's why he's a discount though. Uh, so I, I love startups and in the seventh, eighth round, that's when your first round pick for next year can be used. Now those top guys can go in the first three rounds to Najee Harris and shit this year, right? Jamar Chase. But most of them are going to go in round seven or eight. So pick 88. I mean, if it's a 12 team league, you're looking pick 85 is the 801. So midway through the eighth, I love that value. That's, that's insane because 20 picks away are the Marvin Jones of the world. Maybe that name changes. Maybe people are high on Robbie Anderson now for whatever reason, but um, speaking of Robbie, so this reminds me a lot of Curtis Samuel. 2019, we saw Curtis Samuel run wide open down the field, just get overthrown time and time again. And it was frustrating, but he stuck with it, and and his numbers suffered. And then last year, we saw a guy that could get him the ball on time, that could hit him in the hands, and he blew up. He absolutely blew up. I mean, 1,000 total yards from Curtis Samuel. You tell me that was going to happen in 2020. <laughs> Good luck, man. Good luck. So – when you watch Jerry Judy, when you watch the Broncos, first of all, it's pains you because Drew Locke does so many things bad, and you're like, somebody fucking coach this kid. Like, it's not that he's he's telegraphing his passes, which he does. It's not that he's not reading the defense, which he, he's not. It's not that he's calling out the wrong mic, which he's doing, or, or he doesn't set his own offensive line scheme. All of that is true. It's that he's choppy with his feet, so the ball cannot – it cannot come out on time. Like, it can't because of how he has his feet set. They're too, they're too close together. They're too spread out. He's pump faking all over the place. And when you're Jerry Judy, that's going to screw you. But a lot like Curtis Samuel, when you watch him, he's open. He's open. And they can't get him the ball. And so as the longer that goes on, you get frustrated. It reminds me a little bit about DJ Chark and, and um, Gardner Minshew, who we all thought was going to have a great career. And you, and you see Gardner struggle a little bit. DJ Chark's just pissed on the sideline. There's no camaraderie. So that battery that you have between your wide receiver and your quarterback is very important, especially when things go sour, which it will in Denver. So if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, I think you can see a blow up from Jerry Judy where he can get the same 113 targets and he'll catch 80 of them instead of 58 and he'll get you know close to a thousand yards and he'll get four or five touchdowns. And now instead of talking about where did he finish the wide receiver 43 in standard 47 in PPR leagues, which is interesting because you'd expect him to be a PPR monster. Instead of wide receiver 47, you're talking about, you know, wide receiver 20. And the difference between wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 25 is, is fairly neg negligible. So now he's a solid two in PPR leagues. So 
what you pay for him today, like that naked first and anybody on your team that he likes. Maybe you have some handcuffs that, that he wants to get. Maybe he's got Swift and you got Jamal Williams and he's got Gaskins, you got Ahmed, and, and you throw those two with the first. But being able to pay essentially a naked first and dying assets for him, you you assume he's going to be worth at least a first and a second next year and he's insulated, even if he gets hurt, just because of how how important he is to the offense. And then if they do make that splash play and they bring in an Aaron Rodgers or a Deshaun Watson who continues to say he wants to go to Denver, now, you know, the moon, to the moon, dude. And the one name we keep slipping on is Tim Patrick, who got a lot of play last year, 79 targets. You can expect most of those to go to Jerry because he'll be filling that role with Cortland Sutton out there. If the offense is better, there's more opportunities. And, and Tim had six touchdowns, 742 yards. So he had, he, had, he had himself a year. So if you give 200 of those yards and three of those touchdowns to Jerry Judy, it's a very different conversation, right? Absolutely. And I think it goes worth saying that this year we could very well see the Broncos recognize the issue they have at hand with their quarterbacks. And maybe that's the reason they decided to trade up for Javante Williams is to reduce the amount of throws they're going to have to do a game, which is going to inherently impact the wide receivers because they don't have as much opportunity but long term because this is we're talking about dynasty here we're, we're not talking about redraft what is the most you'd be willing to acquire jerry judy because i don't think any of us are selling him because there's no, no reason to sell him right now you're selling him at a loss and he's not at that point in his career where you just want to be out he's not Keyshawn Vaughn right you still want to hang on you're still even if you're not happy about it you're biting the bullet you're letting it ride so we mentioned a first and a player what what do you feel is a pretty reasonable player to player trade all right we'd all be willing to throw maybe a future 2022 set first and maybe even a second to get jerry judy but what's a straight up player trade you'd be willing to get to, to acquire jerry judy well it's important to remember a lot of people out there haven't had their they're rookie drafts. Like they're not all degenerates like we are. So some people won the title and still have their pick. That's awesome when you can compete and keep your own draft picks. Um, that's something I struggle with. I end up trying to acquire other people's after I've already moved mine to make that playoff run because it's just the only way I can get loose with my roster. But if you're picking in the 10, 11, 12 spot and you're looking at, uh, I'm a Bateman fan, maybe you like Waddle. You know, when you get past that or even either one of them straight up for Jerry Judy, I think I would do because his volume will be higher, even if they do tend to run the ball more. And you're going to lead to that play action, right, which will make them more efficient. So is Jerry Judy ever going to be, you know, A.J. Brown? Probably not. But he he can still be highly effective because he will be, you know, he'll be more open and and he does have some wheels so he can house things. He's just not necessarily going to carry three guys across the end zone. So. I'm thinking somewhere around a Waddle, the 111, 112 in a rookie draft. And if I have to throw in my second to seal the deal, and, that, and that's a Maury Rogers or something after the fact, I'm cool with that. Or again, a bunch of pieces that they think are useful that that are definitely depreciating, which would be handcuffs or you know a Paris Campbell or something that people are very high on right now that absolutely could flare out. But people, you can get your value for and a naked first in 2022 in a class that I don't like. That's what I would be looking for. If it's going to be just one player, that's where it gets tough because the second year guys have either blown up or they're out. The the you know the vets like Devonte Parker, Kenny Galladay. Would you take Kenny Galladay or would you take Jerry Judy? I guess that would be a good line for me. And I think I'm going to take the known asset almost every time. But 
that that might be my selling point. I'm in a league right now with Kenny on the block, and if somebody offered me Jerry Judy, I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted. See, this is part of the reason why I'm out on him, because he's going ahead of all those guys. I'd, I'd move him for Deontay Johnson in a fucking heartbeat. And Deontay Johnson is going three picks after him. Cooper Cup's after him. Kenny Galladay is after him. Tyler Lockett is after him. Like, there are some of these guys that I, I'm not taking – jerry judy over these guys i just moved jerry judy for tyler lockett because i believe that tyler lockett has a bounce back season he is a much better the guy's just all around in my opinion a better guy in a more secure situation with russell wilson i'm taking that every day straight up now there were a couple other players involved in that uh, I ended up getting Russell Gage and giving away Marvin Jones also. So there was a little bit of, of back and forth between there. But I, at his value of right now coming off the board as wide receiver 23, I'm not I'm not interested. Yeah, it's interesting because you started so hot. Deontay Johnson is that one-year guy. There's no way in hell I want Jerry Judy in my lineup over Deontay Johnson going into 2020. Uh, He's but being I do, drafted. I get that. But, yeah, but you're with him, Cooper that's, Cup, that's who's 28. Issue. Cooper yeah. Cup, 28, who gets a brand new quarterback, and Tyler you, Lockett, who's 28. And if I could sell yeah. Lockett for Judy, I'd do it. In a second. I would do that. I so, would do that in a second. That, Crazy, that's interesting. Man. But yeah, that is a good yeah. line. That's a good line. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, as you can see, we, we all have different valuations. I, you know, actually, I should probably, it's not fair for me to be, make you guys choose and not choose myself. I think I'd be willing to it, I I don't I'm not a giant fan of wide wide receiver for wide receiver trades just because I feel like there's not a lot of value to be gained. So I think I'd be willing to straight up buy Jerry Judy with a Josh Jacobs type of running back. Uh, a fringe running back too. Someone that is probably going to be flirting oh. with that running back 20 to 26 range but never actually going to be getting more than that, right? Now, that's not David Montgomery because we know David Montgomery's actually got a ceiling. Yeah, keep well, keep trade cut says their value is spot on with one another. That's why I brought Josh Jacobs up earlier. Now, ADP-wise, I'm going to throw some names at you, Britt, since you want to look at the running back position of guys that are actually being taken in that range of where Jerry Judy is. So you're looking at Chris Carson? I'll go Judy. Okay. Kareem Hunt? I'll go Judy. I'm going to take James Judy Robinson. over all of these running backs. Judy. Okay. Miles Gaskin. Judy. And then the last one I'll do is Trey Sermon. Stop That's, it, Britt. It's Judy. Yeah, Ju- it's Judy. It's Judy. My point being is that I would rather grab the young pass catching than the back that I don't think is going to be able to be a consistent running back one. Chris Carson's interesting, right? Because this year, if I had to trade Jerry Judy for a Chris Carson, I would do it if I'm a contender in a heartbeat. Because I think Chris Carson is going to have that league, that flex winning. Wait, potential. wait, wait, wait. Uh, so I don't disagree with you, but you're going to take Chris Carson at a 27 year old running back, and then give me shit about Tyler Lockett at 28. This Get is for a different podcast because Tyler Lockett is the most. Get out of here! I, here. I, I don't buy with the player that Tyler Lockett. Is. No, but okay, I can because Tyler Lockett had three games that took over 60 percent of his fantasy points. You if are you took those three games out. Right? then he was averaging like four points a game. His median points per game compared to his average points game was 17 to like 13. 
And that's that that's sounds like way. box score. You want medium, like you want medium over me. averages. The reason I bring up a median over average is because if you have a median points per game above an average points per game, it means the player is more likely to exceed their average points per game throughout the season. Tyler Lockett is the antichrist of exceeding his median points per game. He has six know? per games, and then he does absolutely nothing. And part of that is because Seattle doesn't want to run or throw the ball. They just don't. They're never going to want to throw the ball. Pete Carroll's never going to let Russ fully cook. And that's why I think Pete Carroll should be fired is because he is unwilling to adapt his team to let the Seahawks succeed. But I don't want to get off on the tangent. I want to keep this within Jerry Judy realm. I think I would trade a running back too for Jerry Judy if he was going to give my team the lake up. And I feel like that's a good point to leave because from the general consensus I'm hearing is Jerry Judy is a player that you can get value. You can acquire now and you can flip later on for a better value. And that ultimately is part of the game of dynasty. So gentlemen, while before we head out, please go and plug your good stuff. Eric, you have a dope promo every single time when I turn on the FF affair fantasy football podcast. So why don't you go recite it one more time, baby? Let it ride. Well, this is tough because I don't write it down. So I get into it and stutter through it two or three times, except for the first time. The first time was gold. So I don't know if I can do that. You want me? I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. All right, man. Let me talk to you for a minute bit about the Fantasy Football Expo. You want to know how to turn your dynasty leagues around overnight. Meet us in Canton, Ohio on the 14th and 15th. The 15th is the Fantasy Football Expo where you can listen to live drafts. There will be panels discussing different strategies. There will be seminars, tons of good stuff. All your all your favorites are going to be there. DFS is going to be there. The football guys, Ball Blast Girls, uh, you know, Mike Clay and Ray Garvin, all these giants as well as the Fantasy Affarians. And we are hosting the pre-show party on August 14th. So step your game up from that that regular ticket, step it up to 45, get your wristband, come in. First one's on us, and you get drink specials the rest of the night. So be sure to check us out in Canton, Ohio on August 14th and 15th. Uh, yeah, and you can, turn your, you can turn your leagues around overnight, man. Where can they find you on Twitter, Berkey? At Eric Burkholder6. Bradley Brad? Good luck spelling that. I am at FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at the FF Sandman. The median over average points per game article is written by Seth Keller on Sports Illustrated. It was truly one of the few articles that make me stop what I'm doing and really reconsider. And it's part of the reason why I love it so much. Is it is such a unique way to reinvent the wheel when we're looking at fan when we're looking at fantasy players and trying to get a better feel for their yearly production. You can find our writings on fffair.com, Dynasty, Redraft, the DFS when the season is running. You can find my Debbie writings on breakoutfinder.com. And you can find me in my sweet little bucket hats and maybe or maybe not a shirt on Debbie Deep Dive on YouTube. On YouTube. Everyone, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. It is worth it when you spend it with us. And I just really, honest to God, it means a lot that you guys give us your 30 minutes to an hour to achieve it in under 25 minutes which means we did our job if you could please go leave us a rate like and review if you do it go ahead and send me eric or bradley a a, a picture and a question and we'll answer on the next show we have big things in store for you ladies and gentlemen but that's it that's the podcast peace later
Bradley. Bradley, what are you on today before I let you, you get out of here? Point. First of all, Chris Carson is positional scarcity. Tyler Lockett is is, is just boom bust, it's, and you know that. Oh my Secondly, Britt's new median versus no, no. Britt's new median no, versus average, his new thing, his new love joy is one of my favorite things to like listen to and to read about. It's fantastic. And thirdly, Josh Jacobs or Jerry Judy, if if you can predict the future, that might be the best trade of your career. Because Josh Jacobs is on it. He's got two years left, and it's over, man. It's over. As soon as that new deal gets inked, you need out. And Kenyon Drake is actually good at football. So I didn't like that. Are you guys ready? Brad, you need to go and take a pit stop or do some bullshit? Nope. I'm good. Great. Started eating cheese. He eats a lot of cheese. I think he eats a block of cheese every time he gets stressed out. I I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Shocker. I watched the first episode. It was so dope. Yeah, I can hear you. (laughs) <laughs> nobody's frozen nobody's skipping around the audio's good I touched the cat and i touched my eyes i hate him i hate him right, so much man. we'll do Pittman after jerry judy oh, i don't give a shit don't do Pittman. Oh, you know who i don't oh, want to cover knows, Eric. the, the only Pittman. person i refuse to cover is jalen rager because that guy's a pile of shit i didn't like that <sighs> eric's rubbing the cat Bird in his eyes. Bradley's doing weird head movements. I'm drinking tequila. <laughs> Tighten that shit up. Do Pilates, man. Who's on the other side of the door? There's dragons in the world, and you're telling me about a nice rug that he's stepping on in his supple boots. Who gives a shit? Plus, where'd he get supple boots? Wait, wait, wait. Is he wait, giving, wait. like, plus Did two sneak? Is this D&D all of a sudden? As supple? Read <laughs> Read the books. The supple leather of his books slides across the artisan rug made of yada 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 yada. It's like when you I didn't read know the Bible. Boots could be supple. Well, you don't know about boots, man. Jerry Jude's starting to look pretty girthy. He's starting to look pretty supple. He's starting to look real good. I didn't like that. Oh, that there, would be terrible. There's your decision. You just cut me out. I'm just gonna be the jealous girlfriend in the corner for. Like, that's ever. I'm gonna be texting you guys. I know you're. I know you're podding right now. I know you're talking yeah. about me. I know you are. You're over there. Like, uh, oh, oh, me, me and Kitten. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. All right, I'll send another one. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, we got him. 